There is a doctor in the room, but it's it's not me. That's right. <laughs> okay, good evening. Hope you're all doing well. We're starting at the bottom of Hey Zainam at Bay's, about 12 lines from the bottom. I hope you uh, know the previous couple of lot well. There's a lot of intersecting and overlapping uh, overlapping um, sugyas here. And uh, I would I would re actually really appreciate that if you... Uh, so we're, we're really um, uh, leaning heavily on the last couple of Mishnayas that we have. There's a Mishnah on the bottom of Pei Zion where, uh, where we saw a whole bunch of things about a husband who... Uh, about cases about pogemis ksuvasa and cases about uh, meida where there is a witness. So we're going to be analyzing still some of those cases. So let's get started with one of the, uh, with the first of today's cases. Ten lines from the bottom. We had said in our, our in our mishnah that eid echad meida shehiprua. If there is one aid that testifies that she already paid, so then she has to make a shvu if she is to collect. That's what the mishnah said. And the Gemara says from here, He seems to say that this should be a Shvua Do Raisa. After all, the Pasuk reads, And the drush of this Pasuk is, In regards to an Avon and a Chatas, really what the Pasuk is talking about is Onshin. So in regards to Oshin, Onshin, there we say, there's no requirement for a Shvua. He doesn't have to... He does have to make a shvua do raisa when there is one aid. So one aid cannot bring about punishment, but one aid can bring about shvua. So our Mishnah had that case. Our Mishnah said that if there was one aid that said that she had paid up, so then the halacha is that uh, she would have to make a shvua. And Rami Barchama wants to say that it's do raisa. And a drasha on this as well. In any particular scenario where two aidim, would obligate someone to pay money, one aid will bring about a shvua midel raisa. So this is Rami Barchama. Rami Barchama feels that the shvua is a shvua del raisa. We already saw the rebuttal of Rava yesterday, and we're going to see it again right now. On my Rava, five lines from the bottom, I doubly disagree with you, Rami Barchama. Chada, first of all, because the The first is as we learned yesterday. When do we have a shvua? That's a din de oraisa. A shua that's a din de oraisa is always one where one promises and then doesn't pay. It's promising that I don't owe you. It's closing the bank account with a shua. However, vihi in this case, she's nishbas vinotelas. In this case, she's saying you still owe me money. So she's making a shua and collecting. So this is what Rav is saying. Again, we said it yesterday, but I'll just repeat for clarity. There's no such thing as a shua de oraisa where you make a shua and then pay. That's and then take money. That never happens. You're always the only Doraisa Shvua is where you make a Shvua and then you don't pay. That's what the Gemara says. So that's Rava's first concern with Rami Barchama. But Odin, furthermore, furthermore, there's also no Shvua Doraisa when it comes to arguments about something that has a lien on it, such as a Ksuba, which can be collected from Karkos. Ella, therefore, Amar Rava, that the Shvua that we're dealing with in our Mishnah is Midirabanan, Kadelahafi's Daito Shalbal. The only reason why we have this particular shvua, it's rabbinic in nature, is so that the husband can be somewhat appeased. Um, I always wondered if the word lahafis and appeased are the same uh, if in their etymology, historically speaking, because they're very, very similar in their, the, the P sound and the S sound are very similar. Lahafis, appeased, pius, 
very similar. There are words like that, maven. There are words like that that have uh, kind of transferred over. Anyways, that's really not for today's share. Um, so the Gemara says that this whole Shavua is just in order to make sure that the husband has a little bit of uh, of calm in regards to him giving over some money. Rav Papa adds, if this person was smart, top of had he been smart, he would be able to bring about a scenario where it would be a Shavuot What was the starting point? The starting point was in our Mishnah, where one of the Adim said that she already paid her Ksuba. So he's going to give her a Ksuba in front of one Aid, and then he's going to combine the testimony of person number one, who initially had said she already paid, to Sa'ad Basra, to the new aide, who said, here's another ksuba. And he's going to say that really, this husband's going to create a ruse. And he's going to say that really, that first loan wasn't a ksuba. Really, what was happening is that it was a malve. So the Gemara has a bunch of problems with this. First of all, the Gemara says four lines down, Maski of Shisha of Idi. How did you combine the, the first witness and the second witness? The first witness was of the opinion that the document was paid, that the ksuba was already paid. The second witness watched the husband give her a second ksuba. That's not edus on the same thing. We don't just get to arbitrarily combine people and call them witnesses. There are halachic standards. You have to see the same thing, maybe from different vantage points. There are discussions in other mesechtas about a person sees something from one corner and you see it from another corner. Is that considered proper edus? But here, we're not even talking about the same time. They're not even overlapping at all, and they witness different things. So the Gemara says, "How? what kind of ruse is this, Rav Papa, that you're able to say that these two Adam combine? So therefore, the Gemara says in response, Ela Amar of Shisha of Idi, you're right. We're not saying that the person who saw episode one and the person who saw episode two are now going to testify together. What we're going to say is person who saw episode one and the person, person, a new person will together witness this giving of the second ksuba. And we'll say that really what happened with that first person, with uh, the first witness, was really alone and not a regular ksuba. Says the Gemara, but she'll just come to Bezdin, Rav Ashi, Akati From her perspective, this looks like two ksubas. It looks like she got the first ksuba, she didn't really get fully paid. And the second one was getting given in front of two witnesses. She can just go to Bezdin and collect. This, this ruse doesn't work at all. And the Gemara says, Ravashi, uh, him, he, the husband, all of these pronouns can be very confusing. That's why Rashi is extremely helpful. Here, Rashi halfway down. A little bit of a lengthier Rashi, but he does explain this um, answer of Ravashi very clearly. He told these Adim about the ruse, and he told them that the first star was really uh, for halva purposes and not for ksuba purposes. And this is the ruse of how we can get the shvua to be a shvua de oraisa, because then she's going to make a, a nether that she doesn't have to pay back the halva. And that is a shvua de oraisa because it's nishbain below mishalman. Because that was one of Rava's concerns. And that brings us to the first two dots. End of end of mini sugya number one for today. We had also said that in a case of Minachasim Ishubadim, that if someone were to collect from Nechasim Ishubadim, that they had to collect with a Shua. That's what our Mishnah said on the bottom of Pezayan Amadala. Tanan Hasam, we have a Mishnah elsewhere 
This Mishnah is found multiple times in Masech HaShuas, as you can see on the side. It's not only true about the person who owns these properties, but even his Yisomim, even his, um, his children. They, they too cannot um, get paid from the Chasim Shubadim without a Shvua. The Gemara is bothered by this. Uh, Miman, who are they getting paid from? If you're saying that they're getting, getting paid back from the person who actually lent them, had the father been alive, if he's taking from someone who he borrowed from, he doesn't have to take a Shvua, even if they're in a Chasim Shubadim. So what case are we dealing with where there's a shvua? They, the orphans, would have the someone would have to take bishvua. It doesn't even make any sense. If I borrow money from you and, and I want to collect my money from the chasim shvua, that doesn't make sense. That that would be a case where I, the original person, would do it, or my children, the someone would be able to do that. Ella says the Gemara Hachi Kamar, third of the way down on Pechas. You're right in a regular case, that's true. But if the Yisomim of the Lobe are trying to collect from the Yisomim of the Malve, so that's when we have a scenario where we need a shua because they're both removed. They're both one step removed. And because, because the, neither of them are their parent, and there's no person who was actually involved in the original transaction, then lo yifru ela bishvua. And here we're going to see two versions of, uh, of a qualification of Rav Zerika. Amar Rav Zerika, Amar Rav Yehuda. Lo shanu, what is the case where we learn these rules about the Shavuah by Nechasim Shubadim? Elish Amru Yisomim, where the children of the Lova said, Amar Lanu Abba, our father said, Lavisi Uparati. He said, I did lend money. Uh, I was lent money, but I paid it back. Aval Amru, but had they said instead, Amar Lanu Abba, Lolibisi, that I never borrowed at all, then the Yisomim would never be able to collect even with a Shavuah. The Bergamar has a problem with uh, this first version of Rav Zerika. We would have said the opposite because we have a halachic assumption. And this is a little difficult to understand because we just wouldn't have thought it would have been the case. Anyone who says I didn't borrow any money, it's the same thing as saying, it's the same thing as saying I didn't pay you back. So if you bring me to Bezdin and say, Phil, you owe me money. If I say the following two sentences, they're halachically the same. I never borrowed money from you. And I didn't pay you back. Those are totally different claims. So this requires time in the Rishonim to dig out and really and really unearth exactly what's going on. But that is what the Gemara says. So therefore, we have to uh, re-understand Rav Zerika. If you're going to say that there was a name from Rav Zerika in the name of Rav Yehuda, this is what it should be. Halfway down, Amar of Zerika, Amar of Yehuda, Lo Shanu, Amru, Yisomim. The only time we have our case of Nechasim Shubadim with a Shvua is when Sha'amru Yisomim, when the Yisomim said, the orphan said, Omar Lanu Abba Lavisi Uparati, I did borrow money and I paid back. Aval Amru, if they would have said, quote, Omar Lanu Abba Lolivisi, then Nifroin below Shvua, then they pay without a Shvua, Shakola Omer Lolivisi, Ke Omer Loparati. I mean, it's the same thing as saying that he never paid. So we flip which quotes are used um, by the kids, and then uh, then our Gemara actually makes sense with the limitations of Rav Zrika. That brings us to the next two dots, which is two thirds of the way down on Peches Medalah. We had learned a din if a woman is going to get paid from her husband's estate and she's doing so when her husband is out of town, then it can only be done b'shvua. Which is his name. We've had this name in Shas a few times. 
The Amar, Lo Shanu Ela Lexubas Isha Mishumchina. We only allow for a woman to collect when her husband is out of town with a Shavua. However, Rav, um, um, the story with Rav Yitzhak Antuchio, we had a, this is a bit of a machlokas, because what did he hold in regards to an Isha? He said with an Isha, yes, because of China, because we want her to be under the best of circumstances. When she's being divorced, she has to have a little cash to keep up her makeup routine, to keep up her normal, her normal set of standards with clothing. Aval Balchov Lo. However, this first approach says that if a man is out of town and his balchov comes to collect while the, the man is out of town, he says, lo, he's not allowed to collect while the person's out of town. The Rava, Amar Rav Nachman, says, no, afilu balchov. Let's say that, um, let's say that uh, I borrowed money from you and I went out of town. So I owe you money, but I'm out of town. So according to the first opinion, the balchov can never get paid back while I'm out of town. Rava says that's completely unreasonable. I could just take her money, go to the Cayman Islands. That's not right. So what Rava was concerned about, and this is a machlokas in the Amoraim, is the following case scenario. I'm out of town and I owe you money. You go to my uh, estate, you go to my accountant, you go to my office manager, and uh, you, you show up with all the paperwork. It's me, uh, Phil owes me money. So the din is, this is a machlokas. According to some, you're not allowed to collect that money while I'm out of town, period, which is very limiting. And Rava says it's not reasonable. Huh? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Without a shvua, you'd have to, yeah, yeah. So, so here, but, he, but the, case of, of, um, the case that's over here that's in the Gemara is that the first shita says we only allow that for ksubas isha mishumchina. We allow her to make a shvua, a shvua to collect money as a woman. Zero. But Rava rejects that. Rava says that that literally, like we would say in our terms, the Cayman Islands. I'm gonna. I don't have. I'm out of town. Uh, or let's just say more practically, you gave me. Uh, you gave me ten thousand dollars in cash, and I just get on a plane and leave. So for as long as I'm out of town and I'm out of reach, you can never get paid back. Rubba says that's unreasonable. No one will ever lend money because it's so easy to go out of town and just keep the money. This is like one of the things that Rishonim, who are like painting a picture of Rubba, will say. Like Rubba had like this political sensitivity, like a lens to look. We've seen like a lot of the Amorim have this. But Rubba here was saying like, you're not looking at it the right way. If you're restrictive here between a balchov and the people, it's, it's you, you're creating a nightmare. You're creating a nightmare. No one's going to lend money anymore. I'll lend you $20. I'm not going to lend you $10,000. You'll just leave town and then you'll keep my money. And I'm not even allowed to collect. Too strict. Is that the problem for the kids also? If the kids are not in town? Yeah, presumably. We're e this is even making a shvua you're not allowed to collect. Okay, That's but crazy. But things change Could be. I don't know. No, you have to, I don't know. I, I'm presuming that it's not going to be any better with the assumption. And it's usually it's a, it's usually a degradation. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a little watered down unless the Arusha is super clear. I don't, I don't know. I'm just a, it's a hunch. But that was Rava's uh, spin is that Rava said, no, that you got it wrong. He said, this has to be, it has to be done the right way. And that's not the right way. The last case that we had seen in our Mishnah, it's actually the very top line of Pezayin Amid Beis, which is being quoted right here. The top line of Pezayin Amid Beis is the last sheet on the Mishnah, and it's quoted right here, Rib Shimon Omer, and we can just read it from there. Rib Shimon Omer on the top right of Pezayin says, Kolzman tovask subasa, when she uh, is claiming her ksuba, then hayorshin mashbiyan osa, 
And if she isn't claiming her ksuba, so then ein hayorshin must be an osa. Now, in the flow of our Mishnah, it was very difficult to understand what Rav Shimon was talking about. And it wasn't just uh, those of us in the room who struggled a little bit with understanding Rav Shimon, because the Gemara says, Ahayo, <laughs> Rav Shimon Ahayo, what was he talking about? We, we don't even know which case. If you look back at the bottom of Pezayin and Aleph at the Mishnah, if you spent three minutes reading the bottom Mishnah there, which is a worthwhile exercise, and then compare it to Rav Shimon, we have no clue what Rav Shimon is talking about. And the Gemara provides one, two, three different responses, which will bring us to the Mishnah at the very bottom of Pechas Mebez, all to understand where Rav Shimon was commenting. So that's what Rav Shimon had said, that if a woman claims her ksuba, then the Yorshin can make a shvua or have to make a shvua. And if she didn't claim her ksuba, the Yorshin uh, are not going to make a shvua. So asks the Gemara, five lines from the bottom on Pechas Meralev, Rav Shimon Ahaya, which part of our Mishnah was Rav Shimon commenting on? It was going on the phrase of the Mishnah that read, That was the case that we just discussed. Rav Shimon was talking, uh, he was contrasting with the sheet in our Mishnah that said that if the husband is out of town, and what does the Tanakhama say? It doesn't make a difference if they're claiming ksuba or mazon. doesn't matter. The halacha is that you need to make a shvua. Oh, then for as long as it's the case that she's being then the Yorshin can be Mashbia. However, on the top of Peches Mudbeis, but if she's not claiming her Ksuba, but rather she's claiming Mizonos, and here's our contrast point with the Tanakama, so here we see a very clear a uh, much more clear machlokas. It's not clear in the Mishnah, it's clear in the Gemara as to what Rav Shimon is talking about. And in fact, this machlokas has its roots in another brisa. <laughs> there was a machlokas between a Tana named Chanan and the children of Kohanim Gedol. Ditznan, the Mishnah writes, and we'll see this Mishnah later in about six or seven blot. Mishahalach the Medina Sayam. Remember, that's what we just said. Rav Shimon's arguing in the case where the husband goes out of town. So the husband's out of town. This is exactly where the machlokas is between the Tanakam and Rib Shimon. Chanan Omer Tishba Bisof, below Tishba Bitchila, that we can make her make a shvua at the end, only in regards to the end of the marriage at the Ksuba, below Tishba Bitchila, but not in the beginning when she makes tainas about food. So that uh, that aligns pretty nicely with one shita. And she has to make a shvua every time she requests mizonos, and as well when she gets her ksuba. Reb Shimon kechanan. Reb Shimon is just like the opinion of of Chanan and Virabanan, the Tanakama of our Mishnah, which makes a distinction between mizonos and ksuba. That's kibnei kohanim gedolim. So that's answer number one of the Gemara that Rib Shimon is contrasting against the phrase of our Mishnah that speaks about the husband going out of town and access to food and or ksuba with or without a shvua. That's the machlokas. But the Gemara rejects this in one line. Maskif law, Rav Sheshes, there's a mistake here. If what you're saying is that Rav Shimon is commenting on the case where the husband is out of town, hi, should it have said, quote, Yorshin must be an osa? It's really not Yorshin under those circumstances. Because under those circumstances, it's Bezdin must be an osa, The language is wrong. And if you go through the, the sugya carefully, you'll see that it that this would be a case where she's claiming from Bezdin. That's the case of the Mishnah, um, where she's Tova Asmizonos. Because in the Mishnah that we brought at the top of this page between Hanan and the, and the Bnei Kohanim Gedolim, 
that wasn't talking about a husband's Yorshim, it was talking about Bezdin. So therefore the language must be wrong. Ella, the Gemara moves on to its second answer of how Rav Shimon may fit with our Mishnah. Ella, Amar Rav Sheshes, aha. It's actually talking about a different halacha altogether. And it's a halacha that is not found in our Mishnah at all. It's found in a previous Mishnah. And that is a case of, as the Gemara says over here, that if a woman leaves the burial of her husband and goes back to her father's house, and we learned this already. Oh, or or she goes back to her father-in-law's house where her kids are, where her, where her in-laws live, but she doesn't have any responsibilities. As we learned in the Mishnah a couple of days ago. But if in fact she had responsibilities, then then if in fact she has some household responsibilities, so then the din is that they can ask her to make a shvua on anything that she's doing from today and forward, or as we saw in the Gemara, from the Misa and forward. That was a sheet of Rava that we learned on Shabbos. But they can't uh, make her make a shvua on anything in the past. So the Gemara says, this is where we see our shita in our Mishnah of Rib Shimon. Rib Shimon no. It's not whenever she does any work as an apotropia. It's whenever she claims her ksuba. That's when the yorshin are mashpianosa. However, and that's really the machlokas. And the reason why this is a little bit complicated is because that Mishnah, my memory serves me right, was not, was it in this exact Mishnah? I think it was in the previous Mishnah on that page. Yeah. So, Really, and this came up yesterday uh, on Shabbos with Ari, that really the two Mishnayas prior that we learned really should have been taught in one truncated collection instead of separating them. It only got confusing because we separated them. But it happens to be that answer number one is Rav Shimon is actually picking up on the Mishnah from the bottom of Pezayin Amud Aleph. Answer number two is he's contrasting with the Mishnah all the way back on the bottom of Pezayin Amud Aleph. It's fine. It's okay that they're in different Mishnayas, but we just have to hold cup to remember that Rav Shimon was really answering, according to this version of the Gemara, Rav Sheshis' response, he's contrasting with the Mishnah from two Mishnahs ago. And Vikamiflage were just about halfway down on Peches and Bez, this machlokas between Rav Shimon and our Mishnah. And the case of Halcha Mikever Baila from two Mishnayas ago, that's really Biplukta the Abashal Verabonon. <laughs> this is actually um, similar. It has its uh, it has its roots in a previous machlokas. It's non apotropis sheminu aviyasomim yishava. If this there's an apotropis that the father appointed before he died, then the yisomim can make that person make a shvuah. Minuhu bezden lo yishava. That's the Tanakama, That if bezden would have appointed it, then there's no shvuah. And Abishal Amar chiluf hadvarim. Abishal reversed the shitas and minuhu bezden yishava. Minuhu aviyasomim lo yishava. And that was the reversal of this shita actually paints the following picture. Rib Shimon is Ke'aba Shol. Rib Shimon was of the opinion that you can't always make them make a shvua, and uh, it can only be with a ksuba. That's Rib Shimon all the way. Virabonan Ke'rabonan. The Rabbonan in this Mishnah, the Tanakama of this Mishnah in the middle of Peches Medbez is like the sheet of the Rabbonan, um, which, uh, as we saw, that as long as she's an apotropia in her father-in-law's home, then a shua is allowed to be made.
But even here, the Gemara says, Maskifla, Abaye, another one-liner that rejects high, it can't be right. The language of Rib Shimon is wrong. If what you're saying is that we're really comparing back to the case of Halcha Mikever Baila, it shouldn't say, Kolzman Shetovask Subasa. That any time, it shouldn't have been, that's not the right language. It should have just been, Im Tova Asmi Baile. It's not just it's just a question of what she did. It's not like a, uh, you're dropping a hard and fast. Well, calls mine is it's not. It's, that's not what's going on. It's just if she's asking for exub, I disagree with you. So that's what the Gemara says, and therefore the Gemara turns to its third and final response as to how we can understand the sheet of Reb Shimon, and that is as follows: Really, really, the response of Reb Shimon in our Mishnah from the top of Pezayin and Mabez is going back to Mishnayis to talk about another sugya. What had we said? Kasavla, if a husband, if a husband writes the following to his wife, neder he says, I have no neder and no shvua, you have no obligations to me. So we had said in that Mishnah, that's what was the first part of the Mishnah. The next part of the Mishnah said, neder shvua ainli. Uh, so we had said in that case where he gave a much more broad um, exemption from Nedarim and Shavuos, what was the halacha there? That ain't yachol hashpia. Kipper is going to be a disaster. Says the Gemara, ain't yachol hashpia, lo hu velo yorshav. No one can make any shuas, no one from his party and no one from her party. Here is where Rab Shimon rears his shita. Only when there is a claim of a ksuba, that's when there can be a Yerusha. But you're correct. If you give that sweeping language of neder ushvua, that none of my people can give a shvua to any of your people, you're right. In general, that would be true, except Rav Shimon's exception is ksuba. If she claims her ksuba, that's where Rav Shimon's shita comes in. The, the kamiflage, this actually is reminiscent of the machlokas we learned yesterday, biplukta da Abba Shaul ben Ima Miriam, the Rabbanon, where Rav Shimon would be ka Abba Shaul, the Rabbanon ke Rabbanon. So says the Gemara, this is all well and good except for one thing. It only accounts for the first half of Rav Shimon's Shita. The first half of Rav Shimon's Shita was that if she's claiming Ksuba, then there can be Yorshim. I understand. Rav Shimon is coming in to counter uh, the Shita of the Rabbanon by saying, no, 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 no. It's not totally a clean slate of no Nadarim and no Shavuos. As long as she's asking for a Ksuba, she can have, she can have a, she can get what she needs. So it says the Gemara, but what does it mean? Eina Tovas Ksuba, Ma'ikala and the Gemara says, Remember the shita that we learned about Rabbi Eliezer, that a husband can make a wife make a shvua whenever he wants, even on Pilcha and even on Isasa. Excuse me, how much thread did you use, sweetheart? Make a shvua. Uh, how, much, uh, how much money did you use at the store today? Make a shvua. And many of us were bothered by that, that we... That's not normal. That's not the way marriages work. And the Gemara rejected that outright. Anyways, the Rabbanan, not the Gemara, the Rabbanan that didn't agree with the sheet of Rabbi, of, uh, Rabbi Eliezer. So what the Gemara is saying is that Rabbi Shimon is coming to contrast the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says that um, Rabbi Eliezer says that she's a, we're allowed to make a, make her make a shvur whenever we want. And what would Rabbi Eliezer say, Rabbi Shimon say in response to that? Absolutely not. He's on the other end of the of this of the, pe the pendulum swung entirely. Rabbi Eliezer says you can make her make a shvua on everything, and Rabbi Lazar comes along and says 
only on Aksuba. Only on Aksuba. Pilcha, absolutely not. Isasa, so she's making challah. How much flour did you use? Absolutely not. A little bit of a mechudash answer because it means, when you look at this the right way, what it means is that the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer was split over two parts of the Mishnais. The first comment of Rabbi Eliezer, which is the comment of Kolzman Shitovas Ksuba, Ayorshan Mashbi and Osa, that's to contrast uh, one Shita, the Neder Shua Gemara, Neder Shua Mishnah. And the second part of his Shita was to talk about Rabbi Eliezer and the scope of when he's allowed to make or make a Shua. Difficult Mishnah, very difficult. I'm not sure it's clear. Sometimes even Kahati is different than Shas. That's for very sure. Well. Yeah, that happens all the time. That happens all the time. But this particular Gemara, I don't, this Gemara would be hard either way in regards to how to understand Rabbi Eliezer, but it was even harder for learners like us. When, it back. Yeah, because it went back two or three Mishnayas. And that's, for us, it's hard. Usually in our brains, we're like, okay, we're moving on now. But that's that's our learning error. Like, had we known, yeah, had we known Shas Mishnayas Balpeh, which, you know, Ben Chamesh Lamikro, whatever, Halavai, Zilbermans. So, had it been that we've known the Mishnahis properly, we wouldn't have struggled as much. We wouldn't have struggled as much in Shas in general, but okay, for another time. Says the Gemara, bottom line of Pei and Beis, we're actually going to learn the next full Amud, and we'll wrap around to the top of Pei and Beis so we can prepare for tomorrow night. Hotsia get. So there's a get, but there's no ksuba. The halacha is gova ksuba. So she's still allowed to collect the money for ksuba. Obviously, if they're talking get, there must have been a ksuba somewhere, right? So it's time to get divorced. So they're going to... I can't find my ksuba, but 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 there's a get. So obviously you got married. So she's going to be able to collect her ksuba. What about ksuba ve'eni ma get? That's a different story. So if you have ksuba but no get, he omeres ovad giti, I am divorced. You really do owe me money, but I lost my get. Behu omer ovad shovri, I paid you, but I just can't find the receipt. So who do we believe? and similarly, balchov shehoti shtarchov ve'eni mo prizbo. Ah, pretty cool. The Gemara speaks about Prisbal, like uh, right in this perfect kufa of Aser Simechuba of the Tavshin Pei Gimel. And if there's a Balchov, who, who's Hoti Shtarchov, he presents his Shtarchov, but Ve'eni Mo Prisbal, and therefore, as we know, that at the end of every Shemitah cycle, all the loans are canceled. Hare'elu lo yifru. That's it. They're, they're out. They're out money. It's a big loss. However, Rashbag Omer, from the times that there were sakana, and we'll define that in a minute with Rashi, she can still collect her ksuba even if there is no get. Oh my gosh. That you can still collect a, collect something even if there is no prusba. It's like undermining the institution of Hillel. It, gone. And then we just, it's as if, it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. So what's Sakana? So Rashi, a quarter of the way down on the page, about 20 lines down on the page, Zibur Hamaskamina Sakana says, as we've had many times in our uh, in our history, Shagazru Ovde Kochavim al Hamitzvos, Lishmar People were afraid to keep their religious documents. Umi Shekibalto So Rafto, So they had the Shtaros. She was just afraid to keep a get. Because if she kept the get, and then they saw the get, then it, it's a big problem. And in many of these countries, certainly the way the Rambam learned the sugya about hair covering, it's pretty clear that in the Arabic countries, the women dressed, their headdresses were very similar to the Jews and the non-Jews. They were wearing whatever, the hijab, whatever the right language was, but they were very similar from one to the other. Think about how women wear their hair now in the firm community. They're shaitals, but they look a lot like 
dolled up hairs. Uh, it's the same thing. They look very similar. It's probably very similar in other countries as well. So it may not have been through the optics that you could necessarily tell who was Jewish and who was not. Everyone's wearing long gowns and uh, it's hard to tell. But because they were, wanted to, to pile on against the Jews, they said, if, I, if we ever find the firm star, you guys are dead. So they said, fine, you give me the get, I'm going to collect the money, then I'm burning the get. So I don't have to worry about them finding it. So Rashbag and our Mishnah was concerned about some of the practical implications of living in a time of Sakana, where there were oppressive regimes who were very, very sharp against the Jews. And therefore he said, I'm undoing some of the normal rules. I'm undoing some of the normal rules. And therefore, just to review a shita again, Isha Gova Ksuvasa Shalobiket and Balcho Gova Shalobiprusva. Yeah. It's a very firm document because it basically said that the Torah indicates that really all the loans are batel, but we wrote a prosbol that they shouldn't be batel. That's from Mehatesi in a secular court that there should ever be a bit of a loan just because a time on the calendar hit. That's that's very religious. Says the Gemara. As we open here, Shmamina, Kosvin Shover, an implication from our Mishnah is that it must be that we are Kosvin Shover, that there, that when a husband pays out a ksuba, that uh, we write him a receipt in Bezdin. Bezdin says, we see over here that person X paid his wife a ksuba. If in fact we didn't write a shovar, we didn't write a receipt for the husband, maybe we should be concerned. She could recollect with her ksuba. If she's holding a ksuba that says you owe me 200 zoos and he has no paperwork to indicate that he paid anything and she's even the slightest bit of a swindler, she'll come to Bezdin every couple of weeks and she'll go to different Bate Din every couple of weeks so she doesn't repeat the same crime in the same place. She could collect, uh, she can make a killing. It's a document that uh, that knows no end. So there. How do you stop it? A shover. That's why the Gemara says it must be that we write a shover because of that logic. There has to be there has to be a checks and balances system. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. Amarav, maybe it's b'makom she'ain kosvin ksuva askina. We know that the institution of a ksuba that we have is all derabanan, and the whole concept of a, of a ksuba was to prevent husbands from flippantly divorcing their wives. We put a financial burden on them. You can't just walk away. You have to take care of her. You have to have, like we read in our ksubas today, even from the clothes on your back, she's the priority. You have to remember historically what a paradigm shift this is from uh, from every, basically every culture around the world. Like to, to have such a language in a star in the mother tongue, wherever we were living to say that you have to, even the code, like it's a different different language, different world. Anyways, Rob says that maybe this was at a time where there was no ksuba. So we don't have to worry about her reusing the ksuba. There was no paper document. So because she didn't have a paper document, he didn't need a paper document. So maybe we don't have a proof from here that the husband gets a shoba. We would even say the same thing in regards to a place of Kosvin Ksuba that she gets a that Ushmuel uh, Amar Af Bemakom Shekosvin Ksuba. What does that mean? It would, therefore, what? Af Bemakom Shekosvin Ksuba. They don't. You still have to write a shover? What's Af? Even in other words, we said the first 
Shover is there for that case. Yeah. Shmuel says, no, no, even a place where you wrote a suba, you have to write a shoulder separately. No, right. No what? The af, the af, the chiddush would be in the case where it's makom shalokos and ksuba. Why do you say that? Because there's you know, no need for it. Where there's no ksuba written, there's no proof whatsoever. Either way, ksuba, either way. At least the husband can take the ksuba back, and she won't have it to take out anymore. Can you say that again, please? If you don't write a ksuba, right, she shows up and says, you owe me money, mm -hmm. right? You better have a shoulder. If we write a ksuba, I have a, a solution. We don't have to write a shoulder. Let the husband take the ksuba away when he pays, and she can't go right into the next base then with a ksuba. But after Makom Shikosun ksuba is not you that he takes. Yeah, yeah, they get the shoulder. But you need a shoulder. You really don't need one. They pay the money, take the ksuba, and she can no longer show up in base then with the ksuba. Look at the first Rashi on the page. I know this is not directly our sugya, but it's from our Mishnah. Rashi di Ramaschal Govek Subasa. The Eno Yachol Liton. Yeah. Rashi says, The Eno Yachol Liton. He cannot claim Piraticha, the Zartli, Stark Suba Sech, Ukrativ. Mishum de Tnaik Suba, Maisa Bezdenhum. He can't even claim that he received the Ksuba. I know. I know the Gemara means what you mean because the next question, I'm just quite, I'm just now that I'm saying it out loud, the language of af is bothering me a little bit. But, but I know it has to be that way because the next question of the Gemara is I, I understand like that's what's happening, but the language of af is bugging me a little bit. You, you gave me your star. He can't say this is a different part of the Mishnah. Okay, let's just continue. I'll do some research on my own. That yes, we will still give him a shover. Is it in fact the case that Shmuel would agree that the Bezdin will write a shover, a receipt for the husband? I heard explicitly from Mar Shmuel, from Shmuel the following. If you live in a city where the custom is that we don't write ksuvas, they're just oral ksuvas, and the husband wants to say kosapti, then all of the habiraya. That's his responsibility. Because you're saying that it's a paper trail. No, this is not a place of paper trail. You need to, you need to, the burden of proof is on you. And on the flip side, if it's a place where the custom is to write a ksuba, the umra, and she wants to say lo kasavli, here in Chicago we write ksubas, and she says, my husband's a jerk, he never wrote me a ksuba. Aleha lahaviraya. Okay, that's a pretty logical uh, conclusion. The af rav hadarbe, even rav retracted his initial shita, as we saw earlier. The umar rav, bein b'makom shekosven, bein b'makom she'en kosven. Whether or not the, the couple got married in a city where they write a ksuba or they don't write a ksuba, if she has the get, then gova ikr. If she has the get, then she can collect the 200 or 100 dues, whatever the ikr value of the ksuba is. And if she has the ksuba, then she's gova tosefes. Remember, we spoke about this difference between ikr and tosefes. Ikr is either 100 or 200, respectively, ba'ula basula. And tosefes is whatever more money the husband was kind enough to throw in. So Rob makes this distinction, 
And he says that if you have the ksuba, you get the ikr. And if, I'm sorry, if you have the get, you have the ikr. And if you have the ksuba, you, you get the tosefes. And then he throws down the gavel and says, if anybody wants to come ask me a question, uh, I'm telling you that I'm right. So then the Gemara is like, okay, I think I'm going to ask you a question. And the Gemara asks a question against Rab. It's not, we have a Mishnah. Which Mishnah is it? Our Mishnah. What does our Mishnah say? Ksuba ve'eni maget. We had said, he omeres avad giti v'hu omer avad shobri. In a case where she has the ksuva, but she doesn't have a get. This is the very top line of this page repeated here. And she says, I lost my get. And he says, nope, I lost my shover. And similarly, in regards to a balcho, we had said that they're missing, they're missing their paperwork. And then they, they can't, they can't collect their money. Now, Bishlama Shmuel, I could understand how to understand Shmuel in regards to our Mishnah. I see Raya. Our Mishnah is just simply dealing with a case where it was a place where they didn't write anything. And he's saying uh, there, there was a paper trail. Good, then provide the paper trail. But this is a city where we don't write these things down. So that's not my problem. The burden of proof is on the man. It's on the, on the husband in this case. Vilo my see Raya. I'm reading lazy. He'll pray. If you can't prove that you already paid, then, then fork it over. <laughs> it's just the burden of proof is upon you. And then that's because we live in this, in this city where there is no aksuba uh, that's written up. So it's with every, it's every case of ksuba in that city. So they're not, so there's no documents. Yeah, there's no ksubas, yeah. So it's not some girl who's necessarily a fight between the lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she just, she she made an error when they got married. She should have said, I want it in writing if that's the custom of my city. And if it's not, then she can't ask for it. Right. Just tell you, we just have to be a chacham. Like it. No, we don't have marriages now without a written ksuba. Uh, we would redo the ksuba in a tenth of a second with their smallest error. Ladina, does it actually matter if the ksuba is missing? Maybe not, but it's not good for her because she needs it tonight best because we want to take care of her. We want to make sure she's protected. But yes, that's correct. So we're talking, this is a strange culture for us, but that's what Shmuel says is the case of our Mishnah. So Shmuel's Kaftor Veferach, he works out beautifully for our Mishnah. But Rav, who, who said, and if you have any questions, come ask me. So says the Gemara, four lines from the bottom. Because in our case, there was no get. So without the get, you can't create a scenario where she can create the Iker. That we understand. But Tosefes, but because she has the Ksuba, she should be able to get the Tosefes even without the Iker. So Rav doesn't fit into our Mishnah. Because according to Rav, our Mishnah should have at least given the Tosefes, even if not the Iker of the Ksuba. So how does Rav fit? Amar of Yosef, Hacha Skinan. Here, what are we dealing with? Kishe'ein Sham Eide Gerushin. There was a get, but there's no Edim for the Gerushin. And Migu, the Yachol Memar, Logi Rashtiha, because he's able to say that I didn't divorce you. He could equal he could equally claim that I paid you because it's a migu. I could have argued a, a yeah, I could have I could have given a much a much simpler argument that would have put me scot-free. So here, when I say this one, that you should trust me. So the, the Gemara therefore seems to say that there were no Adim. That's how we could make Rav fit with our Mishnah. 
But the Gemara is bothered by this. Line two, pay testament base. And we're going to learn about eight or nine more lines and then stop. Hamidikatani Seifa, the problem is that at the end of our Mishnah, we learned about the Shita of Rashbag. Rashbag Omer Minas Sakan of Eilech, that from the time that the Jews were oppressed, or at any time when the Jews are oppressed, the halacha is Isha Govak Suvasa Shalobeket, Ubalchov Shalobeprusbo. As we had said in our Mishnah, that in a time of Sakana, that a woman can collect her Ksuba even without a get and a man can collect his chov even without a prusbol, that must be there's no way she's going to collect without a get without edim having some frame of reference for her. There must have been edim. How do we even know she's divorced? We need something, even if there's no get, but at least the guys who signed the get, the guys who witnessed the Messiah of the get, something. Something. She's just saying, I'm divorced. Give me money. There needs to be something. So therefore, the Gemara says it must be that our Mishnah is dealing with a case where there were a Gerishin. So the answer that you tried to give for Rav to make Rav fit into our Mishnah doesn't work. Ella, it must therefore be, says the Gemara, and we'll be stopping with this answer, though it's a, a six-line answer. Ella Kula Rashbagi. Really... Everything in our Mishnah is Rashbag. How then would we understand it? Really, there's some text missing in our Mishnah. Here's the right way to read it. This case of the woman who, um, who doesn't have her documents or a man who doesn't have his prusbol, they don't get paid. That's only That's only if there are no That would be appropriate. Even according to Rab, that would work. The Iker, what about the 100 and the 200 that she should be owed from her Ksuba? Imafka Gita Gavya, if she can pull a get out of her portfolio and say, yeah, oh, here's my get, here it is, then she can collect it. Gita Lo Gavya. Sounds great. It's just, it's just paperwork. You just have to provide it. But from the time that the Jews were oppressed, So we had tried to figure out a way to learn Rav and Shmuel into our Gemara. Rav was very difficult to learn into our Mishnah. And the Gemara actually concludes that our whole Mishnah, from, from the very bottom line of all the way to the end is really Rashbag. It looks like there's more than one shita because it says Rashbag Omer. And really the Gemara is saying, the text of our Mishnah needs to be modified. Rashbag is the author of this entire Mishnah. We're going to stop right here. Nir Tashem tomorrow night, we'll learn the rest of this Amud and all of Daft Sadi. And then what's the next day? Tuesday? Today's Sunday? Monday, and then Tuesday morning we'll have a shear. That will be Yom Kippur's daf, and then we won't learn again until the day after Yom Kippur. Wishing you all a beautiful night.